Hey there, welcome to the Literary Escapes podcast. I'm Becky and I'm glad you're here today. If you're a fan of books that give you an escape or let you explore other cultures, then you're definitely in the right place. So I'm glad you've joined us today. Stick around, we've got a great author interview for you. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Thank Literary you very Escapes. Much. I like to talk about books that give you an escape and it can be an escape from reality an escape geographically, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I love that you write middle grade books. That is such an awesome age range. Yeah. So I guess let's jump back a little bit. You're a teacher, correct? I am. Yeah. So um, I don't know that I ever really saw myself as a middle grade writer until recently. I've always been a YA reader and a YA enthusiast. Um, but I, I started to notice, you know, there was all this great rich YA fiction. And I felt like when I was picking out books for my students, there maybe wasn't as much middle grade fiction. Um, so that was, that was part of the reason why I, I decided to, um, to maybe start writing that. Okay. I like that. And so do you write, cause you teach middle school, is that correct? I do. I actually taught high school for 10 years. Um, and then I made the transition to teaching middle school. Um, definitely a shock and a surprise <laughs> and something that I said I would never do. Um, but I love it. Do you? Okay. Cause yeah. middle school is either you love it or it's just complete hell. Yeah, <laughs> it seems it's, like. That's exactly right. Um, and I think it's, I think it's a really interesting, you know, I'm still a huge YA fan and you know, that's, that's the bulk of what I read. Um, but I think it's such an interesting slice of life that you never, you never really revisit again. Um, you're, you're really just kind of figuring out who you are and what your values are. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the kids are, you know, I, I think I heard someone describe it as, you know, they've got one hand on their cell phone and one foot on the playground. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting sort of like, you know, they're half kid and half adult or half uh, teenager at the same time. So, um, yeah, so I do write middle grade and, um, I'm hoping to continue to, to write in that genre and, you know, writing a book that I can then share with my students has been really, really special. That's super cool. And so your book just came out last month, right? No. Yeah. Last month, right? It, it came just out like the 21st a... of, yeah, the 21st of March. So it's been out a few weeks now. That is so exciting. And so did your classes have like a party and all of that, or how did yeah, you- we yeah, we, um, we had a book launch at my school, um, which was really fun. We had like a uh, Y2K photo booth and, you know, <laughs> I, I was able to talk to the kids about, you know, Y2K. And I've also been able to visit a lot of schools um, in the time since it's come out. So I've been able to do a lot of school visits and talk to a lot of kids about um, sort of the fears we had around the new millennium. So it's just been really special. And, you know, having the kids, seeing them like, reading my book during silent reading time and stuff like that. It, it's been a little surreal, but it's also been very, very special. That's so awesome. So let's go ahead and talk about your book then. So okay. um, it's called Doomsday Danny. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you go ahead and give us the blurb on it? 
Okay. Um, so Doomsday Danny is about a 12-year-old middle school girl, and she is living in the year 1999. Um, and she becomes very fixated on this blogger called Professor Prepared. Um, Professor Prepared talks a lot about Y2K and how it's just going to be the end of civilization as we know it. Um, Danny's got some big things going on in her life. Her parents are getting a divorce. Um, she's got a bullying situation happening at school. But like a lot of people, especially, you know, I could say like myself, um, whenever something really pressing and big is happening in your personal life, you get fixated on something else entirely different. And that's what Danny does. She becomes fixated on this blogger. Um, we know because we read the blog alongside Danny we know that this is not someone who is trustworthy because he's saying things like, you know, please, uh, here's some information for you. Now, please send me some money or buy something from my online store. And so we as readers, especially as if we're adult readers, um, we know that that's a big red flag. But Danny, of course, doesn't. She's right. young um, and she becomes very just entrenched in this world of Y2K preparation. And of course, we know also as we're reading it in the year 2023, that <laughs> she's getting ready to, to have, you know, a huge disappointment. Um, so th that's really, you know, the, I guess the crux of the book is her just complete certainty that she is preparing herself and her family for something very catastrophic. And then when that thing doesn't occur, how she's going to deal with the embarrassment and the fallout from that. Okay. That's, I love the whole premise of that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think, I think it's a very cool book. <laughs> it, yeah. And so your middle school kids, have they like even heard about Y2K and well, it's funny because they, that was actually the inspiration for the book. Um, back in 2019, I was a, a middle school teacher and I was working in Phoenix, Arizona, um, which is where the book takes place. And um, I was kind of talking to my kids before the, it was right before Christmas break. And they were saying, oh my gosh, it's going to be so weird to see it go from 2019 to 2020. I'm never going to be able to write that on my papers. You know, they were saying that kind of stuff. And I said, <laughs> well, that's so awesome. All, yeah. Let me tell you all about a time when we went from 1999 to 2000. Um, and that was a big deal. And we thought the world was going to end. And as I'm telling them all these details, I could just tell, you know, they were shocked. And oh, yeah. I started to think, well, the reason they're shocked is because their phone rolls over effortlessly. Like the technology that has been present in their life has always worked without. It's always been present in their life too. Right. I mean, yeah. And it's never, there's never been a fear that it's going to quit or mess up. Um, and so I kind of said, oh, this would be a good idea for a historical fiction novel. And I wrote it down, but I didn't really do much with it. I just kind of set it aside. And then it wasn't two or three months later, school shut down because of COVID. Um, and so I then had a lot of time on my hands. Um, but then I was also getting emails from my students who were just very worried. And they were like, what's happening? Are we ever going to go back to school? And so that really made me think about that time in our history. It made mm -hmm. me think about 1999. Um, and so I felt like I was able to kind of channel the anxiety that I was feeling and the anxiety my students were feeling into, into this book. So that's their kind of um, shock about Y2K is, is what inspired the novel, which I always say, I feel like 
you know, maybe they don't know a lot about it because I think we as adults are kind of embarrassed of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, we haven't really talked to them a lot about Y2K because we we kind of see it as something shameful and embarrassing. That's, um, so, that's so funny. My daughter yeah. was born in 2000 and I honestly don't know that I've ever talked to the, my kids wow. about that. <laughs> it's that's hard. really it's hard funny. Explain. I think it's hard for them to wrap their heads around, but, um, you know, they, they've been very, uh, I think, entertained by it um, sure. and, and kind of pleased to, to see that there was a time when we all got one pulled over on us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, their, their confusion and their shock over 1999 was what was what inspired the novel. Definitely. I love that. I love that. And I like how kids are so like honest about everything. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. their emotions or feel, you know, all of that. They they just put it all out there. And absolutely. I'm guessing that even though they haven't been through Y2K and won't go through Y2K or anything like that. Fingers specifically. Crossed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There, it sounds like there's a lot of things in the book that they could relate to. I mean, most kids can relate to a bully, whether mm -hmm. they've been one or have been bullied. And um, a lot of kids can relate to having been through parents divorced. Either they are, they have, they will. Um, so yeah, that's good stuff. And to show how a peer would handle it, right mm -hmm. or wrong, um that's always a good thing yeah I agree and I think too having been through COVID you know Y2K and COVID are two completely different things and and of course one one ended up not being quite so serious and the other one was but um I think at the same time kids can now relate to this like worldwide anxiety um they have that kind of in common with with children of Y2K and yeah so and it gives them a little bit of context ish you know yeah so, exactly. yeah I like that so do you live in Phoenix I, I don't know I actually moved um I lived in Phoenix until 2021 and then I moved um my, I'm from Kentucky originally um and after COVID I wasn't able to see my family very often mm -hmm. uh Phoenix was a hot spot and, and it was just crazy so um I you know decided as soon as I was able I would move back closer to my family so I now live in Louisville Nice. Okay. That's a, that's a great area. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I love it. We uh, drove through there a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to and from my daughter's college. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm down in Florida. And so we did the 14 yeah. hour trek passing through many place. times. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Phoenix a little bit, since that's where the book was set. What so, not I being from Phoenix what were your initial thoughts of it? Um, I, I absolutely love, you know, Arizona, I think will have my heart forever. I didn't live there very long, but um, I lived there about three years. And I just, I think it's just one of the most beautiful places in the world. And Doomsday Danny is, is honestly kind of a love letter to Phoenix a little oh. bit because um, so many of the details are Arizona based, like, you know, big cigar cactuses and, um, like the um, javelinas, the like tusked pigs that run around everywhere. Um, so there's a lot of very Phoenix specific details. But when I was writing the book, it was easy to set it in Phoenix because at the time I was just, you know, 
I, I was on lockdown. So I would take my dog and go for a walk and we would walk past, you know, all the cacti and all the like dry barren land. And so it was easy to, because that's um, what you were living. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah that was my home. Um, so it was easy to come up with those like descriptors of place. Um, I also think Phoenix is a great setting for the book because the desert has always been home to conspiracy theories and like, you know, creepy kind of alien encounters. And so I think even well, there is, Phoenix, you know, what is it? Site area 51. Down area there, 51 right? yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So there's always, you know, anytime you hear of someone seeing an, an alien or UFO or what have you, it's almost always in the desert, almost always in Phoenix. Um, and so I thought, well, this has to be, you know, the setting of the book. So I think, I think it's, very visually tied to the story. Um, but then I also think it's continuing a tradition of having like creepy conspiracy theory <laughs> stuff going on. Exactly. That's funny. So did you wind up having to do much research? You know, it's, it's very strange. The, the research that I had to do was related to very small things that I couldn't remember. Um, you know, when I was having a conversation with someone a few days ago and and it was that kind of stuff that you feel like, you know, the minute you don't get a detail right, somebody's going to call oh, you. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. very small, minute things. So I had to look up like what were, you know, Danny's got a little sister. So like what were child booster seat laws in Phoenix in 1999, things like that. I also had to get probably the most fun research I got to do was toys. Um, oh. I could like kind of faintly remember I was 15 in 1999. Um, so I could kind of faintly remember some toys and Danny's got a okay. little sister. So toys are kind of a big part. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would go back and research, you know, the Tamagotchis and the Furbies and the, you know, and, <laughs> and was looking at all of that. So that was super fun. That's fun. I, I constantly had to research, um, you know, what day of the week it was because mm -hmm. this is like an actual historical event. Right. So I had to kind of stay on top of that. Especially um, since you have like a um, specific year and all of that. So right. yeah. kind of a countdown down format. So I want to make sure I was getting, you know, what's a school day versus a weekend. Okay. Um, so I had to kind of be on top of that. Some, some really frustrating things that always like sent me down a rabbit hole was I would look up things like what kinds of VCRs were in classrooms in 1999. Um, just frustrating stuff that I know that I was around for but can't really <laughs> and who paid attention to it unless no, you were the teacher no or the tech guy <laughs> no like I I can't remember it at all so that That's was so the kind funny. of research I did and then um I also yeah I I think that was primarily it I I kind of hit a wall or I got super frustrated when I realized um you know as a Phoenix resident this was something I should have known but Phoenix doesn't observe daylight savings time. So, um, you know, I knew what was actually going to happen was that Danny was going to end up celebrating New Year's Eve much later than the rest of the country. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? Um, so that was, that was one of those um, rabbit hole moments. But yeah, for the most part, just, you know, I would research toys. I did a little bit of research into fashion just so I was getting some of the yeah. details. Yeah, um, the butterfly hair clips and and all of that. I wanted to make sure I had I had those details correct. Um, but really, I think in regard to book research, it was really super fun. That's I, uh, it was nice to revisit it. That's that's funny because I'm writing a book right now set in 1989. Oh and wow! Same thing. I had yeah. to look up like what stores were popular in the mall, and mm -hmm. I was around. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, I was there. I was in the mall, but I. 
it all blends together and, right. you know, and the same thing, the seatbelt laws and mm-hmm. indoor smoking, you know, yep. cause for my character, you know, so really funny stuff and yeah, very enjoyable. So that's fun. Um, yeah, you said that it's a historical novel and I have to tell you that kind of pierced me in the heart a little bit. <laughs> I, when I found out that's what it was going to be categorized as, I almost like had a fit because yeah. I was like, no, this is, um, this is, you know, I was alive for this. This can't be historical. <laughs> can't be historical. <laughs> but you know, what's so odd is um, 1999 has become a big, you know, I just saw American Girl released in 1999 doll. So it's, it's become very historical to, you know, the current, the current generation Gen Z, I guess. That's Um, cool. Yeah. Even though that hurts my heart to know historical fiction, it is, you know, I guess it did happen 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. So I remember when eighties music became classic, Mm -hmm. you know, classic music. And I'm just like, that's so yeah. wrong. Yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> Not that we're old for crying out yeah. loud. No. <laughs> so are you writing another book? I am actually working on more middle grade fiction. Nice. Um, I, during quarantine, another thing that happened was um, I got very into reality television. Um, and as I was watching reality television, it kind of occurred to me that um you know, reality television is scripted. And so there's always like, because it's real. There's always like a bad guy or a villain or a bad girl, whatever the case may be. And so I started thinking about, you know, what is the reaction of the family that has to watch someone that they personally know and know a different side of be sort of like the bad guy on TV. And so that sort of got me thinking about writing a book, a middle grade book set in present time where um, the protagonist is watching his father sort of become the reality TV villain. So that is what I am working on. Um, I was lucky enough to get accepted to a residency this summer. Um, If, you know, as a teacher, unfortunately, summers are about the only opportunities I have to to write. Um, And so I am going to hopefully try to get a draft done of that. But yeah, I'm really hoping to continue to write middle grade. It's been really rewarding for me to share this process with my students. And um, it's a fun fun genre to be in, I think. Absolutely. For a much too brief period, I worked in an elementary school library and Mm -hmm loved reading the books there especially for like the fifth grade you know fourth fifth grade that we're reading a little bit higher right so much good stuff and and yet there's so much of a need for more of it Mm -hmm. because you get those voracious readers and I remember when my kids were in middle school and it was really hard to find things that were appropriate that held their interest and you know, that I was okay with. Um, and so, um, I I love that that's your, that's your place in in the writing world because it's such a good place. I, I think too, you know, I've always been the type of writer that struggled with word count. I'm just a very concise, you know, I say what I want to say and and then I'm done. I don't, I don't really have much else to, to add as far as my written uh, work is concerned. And so, you know, Doomsday Danny is a little over 40,000 words and that's, that's about the usual length of a, a middle grade novel. So, um, nice. you know, the shorter, the shorter size, I'm, I'm always impressed when somebody's like, I've got 
working on a novel. It's at, you know, 160,000 words right now. And I'm like, oh my God, um, couldn't be me. Well, uh, I don't know that I could read that either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's a form that I think speaks to what I like to write. You know, I like mm. to tell a pretty short story. Um, and, and, you know, middle grade is just a great age group and, and to combine all those things. Yeah. I think it's a good fit for me. That's awesome. I like that. I like that. So um, what uh, you've already told me, but what you like to read, what are you reading right now? I just started um, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. I think that's all the tomorrows in the title. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, Gabrielle Zevin, I think is the author of that. Um, it is a, um, it's an actually adult. I'm reading a rare adult fiction book. Um, it is about um, two uh, game designers and um, sort of, you know, it said it's a love story where these two people never are never actually a couple. So I'm very intrigued. Um, I'm a big fan of John Green and he, he recommended it's one of his favorite books that he's read this year. Interesting. So, okay. Um, that's how I, I came across it. Um, but, you know, right now I am currently teaching the book Same Son Here by Silas House and uh, Neela Vaswani. Um, and it is just a great book. It's um, a pen pal letter exchange between Ooh. two people. Um, one is a um, Kentucky boy who is a coal miner's son who is currently fighting mountaintop, um, mountaintop removal in his community. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other letter writer is an, a girl from India who is currently living in New York City. Um, mm -hmm. And she is, you know, her parents are going through the process of becoming American citizens. Um, and she is, you know, trying to learn the ropes of, of being an American and, and, you know, kind of figuring out her place. So um, kind of going back and forth between those two books has been really special and um, something something you know really like exciting for me at this at this particular point that's interesting the um pen pal thing do your kids know what that is well uh, <laughs> i had to you know i really wanted them to have pen pals so that the the yeah. book would mean a lot to them um it was very very hard to get pen pals for them um a lot of the websites that i went on uh, did not seem super reliable and you know I wasn't about to put my kids info in well, exactly <laughs> yeah so um, I really struggled I think it's it's somewhat of a dying art form um, and you know I'm not necessarily a big component of like refusing technology you know my students use lots of technology and I welcome it but I think there's something special about yeah. writing a letter to someone who really doesn't know you and, yeah. and saying, you know this is my life these are the things and and knowing that there's no like biased or or mm -hmm. preconceived idea behind that yeah. um so I finally did find them some pen pals but um while I had this dream of them writing to children from another country they're actually children just down the road in Columbus Ohio so um, <laughs> that works yeah yeah that's that was just the best I could do so that's what we well, ended it seems up like um like finding another teacher mm -hmm. and having like swapping out and yeah. even, you know, just like gathering all the letters and sending it to, you know, the teacher and same, you know, back and all that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's such a curious a problem. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a kid, there was a magazine and in the back of the magazine, there were pen pals and mm -hmm. it might've been like the Archie comics or something. I don't even remember. And you could write each other and we did. 
Yeah, I have American Girl did something similar when I was okay. a preteen and, and I got a pen pal that way. But yeah, I think that's kind of gone by the wayside a little mm-hmm. bit, but but we'll see how the pen pal experience goes. <laughs> I hope it goes well, because like you said, there's something special about receiving mail and a hand handwritten letter. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's I really agree. cool. So that's awesome. So what do you teach in seventh grade? So um, seven, the, the um, same son here, the, the letter exchange book is actually with my fifth grade students. Um, I, I teach fifth grade as well, which is the youngest group of students I've ever taught um, and, and has been a learning experience. You know, their teeth, their teeth fall out. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <What? Hi."> <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been interesting. Um, seventh grade. <laughs> Uh, they read Dress Coded by Carrie Firestone um, as, as part of like their unit about like um, social movements and using their voice. Um, they read that one. All seventh graders start out with The Outsiders, which is just like um, their favorite book of all time. They, That's awesome. they love it so much. And, you know, we have a greaser dress up day where they wear their leather jacket, <laughs> their, their nice. denim jackets, and they have their hair all greased back. So nice. that's also really cute. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fortunate in that I've got a school that lets me do a lot of fun things. And I've got um, parents who are really supportive and not a lot of like pushback about books, which is becoming something that is so incredibly rare um, in our yeah. society. So I'm glad I, that, I, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you guys aren't feeling that yet. So yeah. Hopefully, uh, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't come to your neighborhood. So absolutely. That's awesome. So where can readers find you or parents of young readers find you? Well, I have a, um, a website, carissaturpinbooks.com is, is my website. And I'll um, link that in the show notes. Uh, awesome. Um, and then Doomsday Danny is available on, on that website, on my publisher's website. Um, my publisher is Orange Blossom Books. Um, actually a Florida publisher. Mm-hmm. Ariel um, Hoy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she has helped me a great deal. Oh my gosh. She's definitely um had a lot of patience with me. She's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's great. And um it's available there. And then it's also available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. Need to get into like a book. I, do they even do those anymore? The book fairs at schools? Oh, I would love to be in a book fair. <laughs> Wouldn't that be I, amazing? I think, I think Scholastic's got the lock on that. So I, I don't know mm, how. That's a valid point. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but oh gosh, I would love to be, love to be part of a book fair. But, you know, I, I've been fortunate to do lots of school visits mm-hmm. and, um, you know, my big dream is to get into one of those like kids subscription book boxes. But, oh, wouldn't that be uh, fun? Yeah. So book boxes, if you're listening, give me, give me, <laughs> <Hit> me <up. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, good luck. And I, I look forward much. to hearing about the next book when it comes out. Cause that sounds like another fun one. So awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me and your patience with my loud dog and everything else. No worries. No worries. <laughs> I wish you the best on your summer residency. That sounds like it'll be really interesting. Thank you. I'm hoping it will be productive for me. So, so (laughs) wishing you the best for that. (laughs) And have a great night. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escape Podcast. If you enjoy hearing the behind the book story, then join me in the Literary Escape Society. We are a community of travelers who love books or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. 
Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.